Um, and then we'll, um, we'll go home, okay? <laughs> Amen. But we're going to get what the Holy Spirit has for us tonight. Hebrews 12.1, if we, you would turn there with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12.1. And this is this is a good word tonight. This is a good, uh, and and I I felt uh, I had such confirmation as Pastor ministered in prophecy there that that this was a word that God wanted us to have because it dovetailed right with that. And also in the prayer room tonight, we were praying out uh, uh, a turn a turn of the turn a turn in the tide. There's been a turn in the tide. We were praising those th praying those things out, and that flowed in with that prophecy too. In Hebrews 12:1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And I want to talk about the race tonight partly. I'm going to talk in several about several things, but we have a race. Each one of us has a race to run. Amen? Everybody agree with me that we have a race to run. I know some people may not have fully discovered uh, what their race is, but I tell you what, uh, you sometimes you have to run towards it a little ways before it clears up for you. You have to get closer to some things before they before you can see them. You know, we didn't see every, you know we didn't see things that were in the spirit for us until we got closer to them. If you had told us in 1980 when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost that we'd be living in Alabama in 1996, we'd have said you have lost your ever loving mind. We'll never leave Gaines County, Texas. But see, we were we we were too far back from it. We had to run our race a little further and. Run run a little closer, hallelujah, and you know, uh, it even shocked us when 1995, when God began to, I was so shocked, I was so shocked of when God first started talking to us about moving, I was shocked, I really was, in fact, I thought it was the devil, I did, I started having, we went to Tulsa, and I had this desire to move, and I thought it was the devil, and I rebuked the devil, and it wasn't the devil. But I really did. I thought it was the devil, Lawrence, because I mean, like, you know, I just never, it never crossed, it had never crossed my mind. It had never, it, we had never been in our wildest dreams that we wouldn't be right there in that county all our life. Oh, we went back and I'm so glad that God promoted us. Amen. Because when you, you know, it was wonderful. I'm not criticizing the county, but what I'm saying is it's so obvious now that we couldn't have gone where, we're, where, we, where we are even in the Spirit right now. We couldn't have gone there from there. We couldn't have got there from there. We had to make a change. And God will promote you. You know, there's promotion in God. So we each have a race to run. And so it'll come clearer as you, as you run in your race. Turn to 2 Timothy. Well, I'm going to turn in the Amplified. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures from the Amplified Bible tonight. I don't normally do that, but... It just uh, it just needs to be tonight. Second Timothy four seven, but you can follow along the best that your Bible does. I know sometimes amplified, but the amplified uh, brings amplification to what's being said. And it says in 1 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept firm. I have kept firmly. I have kept firmly held the faith. Let me start over on that. I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept firmly held the faith. Uh, so Paul said he ran his race. He finished his course. 
Hallelujah. He, he, he fought the fight. And so that's what we have to do is we have a, we have a race to run. We have a destiny. We each individual have, we have individually, we have calls, we have anointings, we have giftings, we have, and we have something that we're supposed to accomplish. And we're a very special generation. Would everybody agree with that? That of all the generations that have ever been, we're one of the most special. Well, I think we might even be the most special. The Bible says the prophets looked into this day and this hour and they longed for it. They wished they could have been born in this day and this hour. And so we're a special generation. And uh, we, uh, like Queen Esther, we were created for such a time as this. And uh, I don't believe any Christian that will let God is going to go unused. Amen? Now, of course, in these hours, I do believe that some will be used more than others. You know, Pastor and I were talking this afternoon. We were sitting out in the backyard soaking up some sun. I know you can't tell, but we did anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, um, and, and, and I just was saying something. Something started coming out of my mouth that I knew was truth, but I'd never thought of it and heard it before. And I said, you know, there's a difference in being sold out to God and being sold out to the Word. I never thought of that before. And I said, you know, people that are sold out to God can go to church just most anywhere. And it's good. I'm not saying it's bad to be sold out to God. But there's a difference in being sold out to the Word. You can be sold out to Jesus and not be sold out to the Word. When you're sold out to the Word, you cannot stand not to hear the Word. You've got to have the Word. You've got, you can, you, and you can endure a lot of stuff to get the Word. Like, for instance, I'll just give you an example. Way back in the, when we first got into the Word movement. Back in 1980, you would go to meetings and there was nothing called children's ministry. The Word people didn't have anything. You know, the churches all had Sunday school, training union, all that kind of stuff that different churches have, and youth groups and stuff, but there was nothing for children. And what, isn't that right? I mean, we'd go and we didn't, and we didn't go for a little hour and a half service like we have now. I mean, we went, and we, you could practically pack your suitcase in a sack lunch, I mean, because you was going to be there a while, because we were hungry for the Word, we were starved down for the Word, and, uh, and I mean, we would go, and I've seen kids sleeping up under the chairs, and just laying on, just sleeping, because the meeting might go on for hours, and there, and you do, and it, but, 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 you, you see, you, when you're, when you're sold out to the Word, you make all sorts of exceptions for any other thing. We didn't, we, you know, I know we didn't have a particularly good music at that time. I know, I know we would have a Bible study at our house, and uh, me and one other lady would, if you ought to see me trying to play the piano. Oh, but, and you know, they just put up with me. I mean, you know, and I'm just one finger in it. I can't, I can't do the right and the, I can read both hands, but I can't do them at the same time. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. And so I'm one finger and, and, and you know, scripture songs, because we want to sing the new songs, the scripture songs. That was the big thing then. And you know, but hallelujah, but see, we're hungry for the word and we put up with a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because, and we would drive for hours because we're sold out to the word now. We're not just sold out to God. We're not just committed Christians. We're not just in love with Jesus. We're not just, and I mean, there are some marvelous committed Christians, but there's a difference still between being sold out to the Word and being sold out to Jesus. Hallelujah. When you're sold out to the Word, you are just like, give me the Word. Give me the Word. I don't care what else, you know, I don't care if we're meeting in a storefront church. 
But see, people that just want to be sold out to Jesus, they can't park their car in the parking lot of a sold out of a storefront. They can't. I mean, we had people in Seminole, Texas say, I said, I couldn't park my car in front of that because we started out in a storefront that used to be a video arcade. It, you know, it was painted brown. And inside had, and, and to the day, to this day, it's a Mexican food restaurant now. We have an anointing for that. Every church, our churches usually turn into Mexican food restaurants when we leave. You know, the one on Hargrove Road did. Hallelujah. We have an anointing for Mexican food restaurants. Anyway, and to this day, there are holes in the ceiling where pool cues were chopped up in the ceiling I mean you know we've always had these wonderful but see when it's the word and you want the word you don't care I mean you know we think heat and cold then we weren't thinking much about heat or cold anyway okay hallelujah well that was good what I can tell y'all are impressed like well what's her point I'm telling you you need to get sold out to the word Hallelujah. It's more than just being a committed Christian. It's more than just being sold out to Jesus. It's more than having a Savior. He'll be more than a Savior to you. He'll be the Word, the living Word. Hallelujah. Right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's when your life will start changing. My life didn't start changing. I was going to church, all three services. I was assistant Sunday school superintendent. He was the uh, men's... uh, Young men's Sunday school teacher, but our life wasn't changing. Nothing was changing. We were Christians, but when we sold out to the Word, when we said, man, i got to have the Word. Amen? Hebrews eleven twenty eight. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. 11, 28. You know, we have a destiny. We have a race to run. You have some assignments. You have some things to do. You may not understand them all. Maybe you've seen part of your vision. I know we've seen part of our vision. I don't, you, uh, uh, and I don't know how we're going to get from A to Z. You know what I'm saying? We know one of the things that Pastor and I know is that we're not, we have, we have churches to plant from here. From, from this base. We have a base now. We have churches to plant. We don't know how we're going to do it. We know, we know, we think, we meditate and pray on things like Bible college. We have a, God spoke something to us not too long ago in this prayer room back here. We were praying. He said, Word of Life Ministries. He said that to us. We are praying that out. We don't know all that it means. Hallelujah. We believe, you know, we think there's evangelism things that we're supposed to do. We, we know that this is a, that, that we have a connection to nations, that Word of Life Church has a connection to other nations. Oh, so, so there's big visions out there and you may know some of the things you may caught have caught little glimpses of yourself you may have seen yourself teaching the word maybe you've seen yourself uh, uh, in, in some sort of evangelistic uh, ministry or something and you've seen little glimpses of things and you go well I don't know how I'm going to do this but um, but we know we have to do it and just like even the prophecy that came forth earlier in the service God's not going to it's, it's our move. It's, got, it's our turn. It's our turn. God's not going to do it for us. Hebrews eleven twenty eight. Well, I want to show you the Lord told me and showed me because even this week something came up concerning the vision and I realized that some things that we are called to do are very, very close. They're very near for us. I mean, we could, uh, you can, they're just right there in front of us. And I'm like, oh my the first thought in my mind is, oh my, how am I going to do this? What are we, how are we going to do this? And the Lord told me how we're going to do it. In 1128, he said, by faith. 
By simple trust and confidence in God, he instituted and carried out the Passovers, talking about Moses, and the sprinkling of the blood on the doorposts so that the destroyer of the firstborn, the angel, might not touch those of the children of Israel. Urged on by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as though on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, they were swallowed up by the sea. And so, you know, we there's a whole chapter there of by faith they did this and by faith they did that and subdued kingdoms and all those kind of things. And... Um, so when we ask ourselves, how did they do it? How did they cross the Red Sea? How did they, how did they do that? You know what the answer is? The answer is by faith. And you know how we're going to do what we're called to do? By faith. By faith, that's how we're going to do it. And you know, that's what the Lord spoke to me this week because when, when I realized that the vision, that some of it was just right before us, that it could open up any day, it could open up any minute, one uh, a door, I thought, oh my, how are we going to do it? And right up in my heart it came, by faith. Yes, You're going to do it by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you know, you don't have to try to figure this out. You don't have to try to make it happen. You just, by faith, do what God has called you to do. By faith, we take that next step. Amen? Um, so um, I was thinking about the little saying that, that, that they have of how do you eat an elephant? And that's no reference to the University of Alabama. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how do you know there's a little thing they say, how do you eat an elephant? And you know how? One bite at a time. Amen. Well, how do we, how are we going to accomplish the vision for Word of Life Church? How are you going to accomplish the vision in your life? Uh, is how are you going to do it? One bite at a time. Amen. By faith, one bite at a time. By faith, one step at a time. And that's all that, you know, really, we're going to do it just like we did it. See, we came here in, uh, 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 February 1997, and by faith we had the first service at uh, the Travel Lodge. Now I think it isn't that what it is now. It was Holiday Inn then. I don't know what it is. It's where it's on the corner there, on by the interstate. And so we had the first service by faith. That was one bite of the elephant. That was one step, and we did that. We took that bite four weeks in a row. We took that bite, and at the end, by the end of four weeks, we had a building on Hargrove Road. Hallelujah. And we so by faith for one year we had services there. And it was not easy because uh, the bathroom was right the bathroom door was right up here by the pulpit. That was fun. <laughs> Some of you remember that. And uh, the children's church and nursery, that was interesting. The nursery especially was very interesting. But anyway, how'd we do it? By faith. And then uh, we moved to 65th Street, and it seemed like a promotion, um, hallelujah, in buildings, in building, as far as building arrangement, it definitely was. And uh, so, but you know, it was like a trial. For three years, being in that building was like a trial. You know, it's kind of like when you want your own house, but you're having to live in an apartment. And that's how we were. We were having to live in an apartment, kind of. And we was having to pay out something like $4,000 a month. I can't even remember now. It was a bunch. <laughs> it was like, and you know, but how did we do it? One month at a time, one step at a time for three years. I thought it would never be over. I did. <laughs> I thought I wanted out of that place before it was over. I'm telling you, I was tired of that dead-end road. 
I mean, we were on a, it was a dead end in more than one way. You know, when you're renting, you're throwing your money into a commode and flushing it every month, you know, hallelujah. But praise God, how'd we do it? One one and so then this building came open. I know Lawrence and we were one night at that church and Lawrence did I don't know, he was inspired of the Holy Ghost. You're led by the Spirit, aren't you, Lawrence? I mean, all the time you believe to be. And he said, um, uh, let's go to to Shoney's and, and eat after Wednesday night church. And we went to Shoney's and um and he said, uh, one of my friends told me that there's a building for sale out at Coker. Uh, or towards Coker or something. And, you know, I responded. I said, that's too far out. Hallelujah. But that was Wednesday night. And on Thursday when I prayed, though, something kind of came up in my heart. Like, you know, you ought to check it out. Had a little unction. Didn't even think to tell pastor. It was such a slight unction. But then, then the next day, Friday, which is the holy day off, you know, well, we went out to lunch. We went to lunch that day, and when we finished lunch, he said, well, what do you want to go do now? Because sometimes he'll take me shopping or take me somewhere or something. I said, well, you know, it just came in my heart. We ought to drive out there and look. And so we didn't even know what we was looking for. But we thought that there would be a church with a sign out front, but there wasn't. And so we drive and just drove out here. And then the church down here the, the with the heart in the thing they were having a garage sale and so we pulled up and he asked he said is there a church out this way for sale and they said oh yeah it's that I think what you're talking about is that one in cathedral appraiser whatever it was called and it was here and uh so we came out and we peeped in the windows amen and you know in the natural it was like we couldn't have this but when God says you can have it you know how do we do it one step at a time by faith and you know, and and how did we ha how did we ever have nursery up in that little room? We had it by faith, amen. Isn't that how we did it? And how did we have children church in there? And we could hear Karen yelling at the kids. Well, I don't think she was yelling at them; she was more like yelling with them. But. Uh, but anyway, you know, how'd we do it? We did it by faith, and then God gave us an unction. We went to a meeting, and God said. Uh, through a man in from Arkansas that didn't even know us, he talked about going ahead and, and stood us up and talked about going ahead and doing the next part of the vision and taking the next step. And so by faith, by faith, we went and, and asked the banker to let us build this back part, not knowing how we would pay or how we would how it would happen. And by faith, we you know, just one step at a time, by faith. By faith, we've gotten right here where we are today. And we're going to keep going by faith. Now, there's been opposition. You know, even these empty chairs, I want to tell you, these empty chairs are opposition. They, st they stand, you know those empty chairs? They sit here and they go, mm. they look at me and pastor and they stick their tongues out at us every service. Nay, nanny, new, new. And they say, nay, nanny, new, new. It's not going to happen. Not in Tuscaloosa County. No, and, and, and so see, but by faith, we go through every service. By faith, we just keep walking. And, we, and you know, there's been every month, just nearly since the inception of this church, how in the world will you ever pay the bills? By faith. And you know, every month, guess what? We pay them. In fact, one of the words that Tracy Harris gave us is he said, the ends are going to meet and overlap. 
And if you will obey me, I will anoint you to prosper even when it impos- seems impossible to do so. And it's been impossible, and God's anointed us, this church, to prosper in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And the ends always meet and overlap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he's also anointed, and, and we've, even, we've been able to accomplish some things. We've sent, we've sent hundreds of dollars to foreign countries. We sow, in, we sow every month into other ministries. We sow into many, several ministries. We sow into Brother Copeland. We sow into uh, Keith Moore. We sow into Pastor Buzzy. We sow into Steve Sampson's ministry now. We sow into uh, Andrew Womack. We sow into um, Joe Morris. Uh, and we sow into all, we sow all the time into Pastor Avery and his trips to Russia. We specifically sow to Russia, Russian minister, Russian missions. Hallelujah! And so we do all of that by faith, and still pay the bills, and still you know, Hallelujah! Somehow, some way, prosper. Hallelujah, by faith. So how are we going to eat this elephant? How are we going to accomplish the visions and the goals that God has set before us for children's church, for the youth, for uh, now God, you know what, I'll just go ahead and say it out. God's put in my heart now. And so now, see, Byron has completely taken children's ministry off of me. I've carried that for... um, a lot of years, and he's taking that, and he's carrying it, and uh, and some other things are being transferred. God's God's got a, a team set up here that we're fixing to do some things in Tuscaloosa County. But one of the things he's leading me to do now is to start singles ministry, and he told me to oversee it. Uh, he's leading me to oversee it until somebody else can take it over. I'm planning on somebody else taking it over real quick. Since how I've never been single, I started dating him when I was 16. And I went straight from my daddy's house to to getting married, and I hadn't never been what you'd call single. I mean, I guess I was single, but most of I wasn't married, but I was definitely not on my own. Let's put it that way. I've never been on my own. So, so, but God's leading me for singles ministry. So how am I going to do it? I'm going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. I'm going to do it by faith. Hallelujah. So come up after the service and tell me if that's what God's called you to do and you've just been waiting and uh, hallelujah. And we'll start this together and so forth. Hallelujah. Um, You know, we cannot get satisfied. We cannot stop. I know some of you may be going through some tremendous trials right now. Maybe you're going through financial trials. Maybe you're going through trials in your body. But I want to tell you something. No matter what you do, don't stop. Because the minute you stop, you're going to perish. And so no matter how tough it gets, no matter how murky the miry clay gets, no matter how hard it is to pick up one foot and put it in front of the other, the important thing that you remember is that there's a light and you turn, you look at the light and that light is Jesus, the light is the Word, and you take steps to, toward it. You may be taking little tiny baby steps, but you just keep moving toward the light and you will pass through this time, through this uh, through this. This, um, this era of trial that you're in. So it's important that we keep walking towards the light. And there is a light. The Bible says the path of the righteous is like a shining light. If you don't say, uh, Debbie, I don't know where to walk. I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what my destiny is. Then you just walk towards the light. When you see light, walk towards it. Amen. Amen. When you see light, go to it. When you see dark, go the opposite direction. Do you know what I'm saying? I know when we uh, came 
we were uh, in Seminole and uh, we were thinking we were going to move. We were pretty. We were we were having that unction that we were going to move, and so we said, "Well, well." He said, "Let's go to Birmingham on vacation this year," because God had told him to hook up with three men: Scott Webb, Patrick Norris, and Mark Brzee. And Scott Webb and Patrick Norris both lived in Birmingham, so we said, "Let's let's head towards the only." kind of light we're seeing right now. We'll kind of head towards the light. And so he said, so that night we were sitting in the bed at, in Seminole, Texas, and, and I turned in the book of Joshua, and he said, uh, and, he, and he gave me scriptures in the book of Joshua to go scout out the land. And one of the things it says there in Joshua, and it says when you, uh, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, st- get there grab hold of it when you see the Ark of the Covenant. So I knew to walk toward the light, and so we drove east. We got, and Myron and Leanne loaned us their Suburban. They had a Suburban then. We just had a car, and it was going to be a long trip. <laughs> so we needed, it was a long trip. So we he, they loaned us their Suburban, so we drove toward the light. And, uh, um, um, and so um, I was looking for the Ark of the Covenant. In other words, I was looking for uh, something that looked like God, something that moved like God, talked like God, something that was faith, something that I was looking for, something that looked like the Ark of the Covenant, that looked like promise, that looked so. So we came looking for that. And that's what you have to do. I mean, everything may not line up. You know what I'm saying? Some people come and even to a church like this and they go, well, I don't know. They don't have a youth ministry, or they could have. We do now, but they could have earlier. Or uh, they come and they say, well, you know, I think I'm called to be in the choir, and look, they don't have a choir. They, and there's not doesn't look like there's any room for me up there. But, you know, I mean, people have said things like that to us. And so, but, you know, you're looking, what you're looking for is you're looking for that light, and if you'll follow the light... Hallelujah. The light will lead you to a good place. Amen. And if you see the Ark of the Covenant, if you see faith, if you see the move of God, if you see the Word of God, then you're in the right, you're going the right way, you're in the right spot, and it'll lead you to a good place. And so, and then when we get to the light, like those of us here, we've come and we've found a place of light. And you know, we could get satisfied and we could just put our uh, sit down and say, well, you know, we're in the light. And we hear the word every week, but it's important that we press forward for more light. Amen. It's important that we press for more glory. Amen. And so that we keep going. Uh, So we just keep walking so we don't perish. Because when you're in difficulties, when you're in trials, you know, and, and I've been there so many times in financial difficulties. And a pastor said the devil's tried to starve us out so many times. And we've been in tremendous financial difficulties many, many, many times. And I, one thing when you're there is you can't stop. Because if you stop, you are going to go down the tube. But if you'll just keep going by faith through the difficulties, if you'll just keep tithing, if you'll just keep giving, and if you'll just keep going, keep walking, keep taking steps, keep making progress, amen, and don't let anything stop you. Now I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 16. I, 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 I hope you're catching what the Holy Ghost is trying to say tonight. Amen. Y'all act like you are, so you're good. You're good. Uh, Acts 16, 17. It says, um, 
And I just want to read this verse because we're in the last days. We are in the last days. Acts 16, 17 says, Acts 2, verse 16. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Acts 2, verse 16. It says, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Actually, we sang that song this morning, didn't we? And it said, And it shall come to pass... In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Well, now this was 2,000 years ago, and, and Peter said, this is, the, this is the last days. He said, this is that that Joel said, that in the last days, uh, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So we're, time, we're in the last days. And the, in fact, you could actually honestly say we're in the last of the last days. So it's time to kick into high gear. Did you know, family, we have to finish strong. We cannot finish any way but strong. You have to finish your race strong. Not just barely, oh God, I made it. Oh, pray for me. We used to, in the little church we used to attend, right after we got filled with the Spirit and got kicked out of the Baptist church. Hey, well, we didn't get kicked out, but we left before they could kick us out, you know. Because they were swarm, the vultures were hovering. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, um, they, they used to get up and testify sometimes on Sunday night and, oh, just pray for me that I can hang on and make it to the end. Anybody ever hear a t testimony like that? Well, that's not how we're supposed to finish. We're supposed to finish strong. We have to, so this is our greatest hour. This is not a time to kick back and say, man, it's nearly rapture time. I think we can just rock from here on out. No, we got to get up and run and finish the race. And, and, and this is the time to get into high gear. God has plans. And the details of these plans need to be revealed in order for us to carry them out. And the way they get revealed is that we pray and say his as we pray and say his plans are revealed to us. In other words, we take the things that God says to us and we begin to say them. When God says something to us, we begin to say it. When God says uh, uh, to, 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 to that, that there's going to be more in 2004, then we hear what He says and we begin to speak it. Yes. And as we begin to speak it, then the, 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 the strategies for the more begin to be revealed. When He says through the prophets of God that in, in 2004 the fullness is the year of fullness and that it, by the end of the year all the fullness of the ministry gifts will be in manifestation then we begin to speak it and as God, as we speak those things as we say them and as we speak them and, and as we pray them then uh, the strategies for those are revealed um, so it's not just what we pray but it's what we say that comes to pass now um, <clears throat> we need to how do we loose these works of God and set in motion the more of 2004 God's promised us more in 2004 he said one of the things he said is more finances amen we're all in agreement that we could all use more finances amen because we have a heavenly vision and we know that it takes money to finance the vision so we so how do I set that in motion and that's one of the things I wanted to get to tonight was setting in motion the more of 2004 because God ministered some things to me this week about more in 2004 and so how do we set this in motion? How do we get this going? Because when God speaks it, then it's up to us from there on out. Now, of course, He's there, but he, he, He's expecting us to pray it. He's expecting us to speak it. So I trust that you are, that you're saying, I have more in 2004, more anointing, more souls saved, more, uh, uh, more revelation, uh, 
more finances. I don't know what y'all are speaking. We're saying more about everything. More in attendance, more in 2004. <clears throat> and so we need to work, uh, figure out and ask the Lord how to do this. Um, in Isaiah 48.3, I'm going to read that in the Amplified too. God shows us how He operates. I'm going to get this out. This is not the easiest message I ever preach, but it's going to be one of the ones that helps you. Amen. Because how do we eat an elephant or how do we do this? We do it by faith. You're going to do this one step at a time by faith. Amen. How are you going to, how are you going to give a million dollars? You're going to do it by faith one step at a time. Isaiah 48.3. I have declared from the beginning the former things which happened in times past to Israel. They went forth from my mouth and I made them known. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass, says the Lord. And so he gives us a key to how he operates is he always speaks everything before he does it. And we have, if we're going to be like him, like God, and if we're going to operate like him, we have to speak things before they're done. And as we speak things, he said, suddenly... They come to pass. And we're not to use our minds and try to figure out how this could happen. How could we have more in 2004? How could I get an increase? How could I give more? How could I... Because if you get over into the reasoning realm, you'll get stopped dead in your tracks. I mean, you'll just... You'll, progress will be... You will not make progress. If you go take your calculator and your checkbook and your bills and you try to figure out how the ends are going to meet and overlap, you're going to, you're going to get out into the realm where God does not even operate. Because He operates in the spirit realm. He operates in the supernatural realm. And I'm not telling you not to know how much you owe and how much your bills are. I'm not telling, I'm just trying to tell you don't, don't try to figure out how God could fix something. Amen. Don't try to don't try to calculate it. Don't try to budget it. Amen. Because you'll budget yourself right out of the supernatural. You'll budget yourself out of giving. You'll budget yourself out of tithing. Amen. Hallelujah. But by faith, one step at a time, you eat the elephant. Amen. Okay, one step at a time. In Isaiah 46, 9. Now I'm coming to something here in a minute. And this is how God operates. Isaiah 46, 9. Earnestly remember the former things which I did of old. For I am God and there is no one else. I am God and there is none like me. Say, there's no one else. Amen. Amen. And no one else can help you. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end and the result from the beginning. So he starts at the end and declares the result. He doesn't start now and declare the problem. He starts at the end and declares the result, and um, and the result. And he but and he does that from the very first. When he starts a project, he starts declaring the end from the beginning. That's why we're looking around this place and we say we have five thousand. Because that's the end, and we're declaring it from the beginning. Amen. Now, we're real happy when the one comes in. Amen. 
because and we're believing for the one, but we're already declaring the 5,000. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, um, declaring the end and the result from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and purpose. Did you know all God's pleasures or purposes are going to get done? And if we'll be by faith people, we'll be in on it. Because all his pleasures and all his purposes are going are gonna to get done. Amen. And you know, Lawrence, I'm just quick to say, you know, you didn't move here in vain. And you didn't move here for B.F. Goodrich. It was just a tool. But you didn't move here in vain. There, you, there, there's, a, there's a purpose you're going to see that you haven't even seen yet. And uh, hallelujah, there's going to be great accomplishment. There's, there already is great accomplishment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. God's Word always precedes His hand. And you know, that explains to us why some of us went years not having much. It's because we were looking for God's hand, but we never spoke anything. We never said anything. And we were saying, we were, we were praying things like, God, help us. God, do something. God, I got to have help. And you know, you know, in, in, he helped us the best he could, the best he could without us knowing how he works and how his principles are. He never violates his word. He never violates his principle. But he helps us. When we ask for help, he helps us the best he can with the knowledge we have. Amen. And he, but one of the things he does when he, we cry out for help is he starts trying to send labors across our path that know something that we need to know. I know I didn't even know how to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, uh, and, uh, but I remember, and I don't even really know what prompted me to do this, but I, well, I tell you what it was. My mom, uh, my mom was going through a nasty divorce. My grandmother was spirit filled, and my grandmother watched PTL, the PTL Club. Remember when it was on TV back in the, 70s and y'all remember and she watched that every morning like five o'clock in the morning or something and my mom started going through this horrible nasty divorce and uh, I mean it was really nasty and um, so just out of sheer desperation because she was Baptist so she didn't but just something to hang on to something to get you through the day she started watching PTL Club so I would hear them talk about watching PTL Club and when I was pregnant with Colin and quit working every day well uh I, just out of curiosity, I guess, started watching PTL Club just to see what they were watching. Well, I heard my first message. I don't remember much that was on PTL Club. I remember Tammy crying a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, but besides that, bless her heart. Oh, Jesus, help her. And I mean, I feel sorry for her. She's really going through a trial right now because they affected my life, so I appreciate them. Um, but anyway, they had Oral Roberts in. And he, I heard my first sermon on the miracle of seed faith. And you ought to understand, I had never heard anybody teach on tithing or giving. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, the only thing I knew about giving was on the, on the little envelopes they gave you for Sunday school that said offering. And I knew that you were kind of expected to put something in that. <laughs> That's what the envelope was for, you know. And so uh, we did put something in it. But so, And I, I remember sitting at my desk and writing a check for $15. To, and that was my first seed. And then I sold to PTL because I'd heard Oral Roberts talk about this. And I remember being in the shower one day and I said, I, I want this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing. But I didn't know how to receive it and I didn't even know what I was asking for. But when you ask those things, God doesn't ignore you. 
And so he began to move heaven and earth together to get that to me. Amen. And uh, I know my grandparents moved to West Texas, and it was really a supernatural deal because my dad had just moved off. And that you'd think that when your son, you know, if, if Colin was living in Knoxville or somewhere, and I was thinking, I'll move up there and live with, near Colin so he can take care of me. But then he was, and I was just had everything about packed, but he upped and moved to Nashville. I don't think I'd go ahead and move to Knoxville. Would you? I mean, that doesn't make sense, but that's exactly what they did. They just came ahead and moved, even though Daddy had just moved off and left them. Uh, and so they moved there, and, uh, and God began to orchestrate things to what? To get me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when we cry out to God and we ask Him for help, He helps us as far as He can, but He tries to, He starts bringing people across our path to get us the things that we need to know. When we don't, see, I didn't know enough to just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know enough to just, I didn't know how to release my faith. I didn't know how to just start talking in tongues. I didn't know enough, so I needed help. Amen. And so God began to move and orchestrate people in order to get me what I needed. And that's what He does for us. Um, but we have to, when we know His plan, when we know His ways, then God expects us to quit living like we lived when, when we were just saved and we was in a church that didn't preach anything. Now we know that God works by speaking. That when He calls, He calls the end, he, he speaks the end result from the beginning. And he begins to say the end result. So we need to do that in our lives. Um, we must speak the future. Amen, amen, amen. Utterance activates the supernatural. And the devil wants you to shut your mouth. We don't talk enough. I mean, spirit talk. The more talking you do out of the super, the spirit, the, the supernatural, out of you, the, the, more, the more you're going to create, the more you're going to have, the more you're going to make progress. And see, that's how we eat the elephant. That's how we, that we're, see, we go into prayer three times a week, four times a week in this church. We have corporate prayer. And we are eating the elephant one bite at a time. We're taking this ground of this city one, and, and it doesn't. Ta it takes faith, and it takes agreement, and it takes speaking in the, under the anointing. You know, it doesn't take a prayer meeting of five hundred people. Now let's all pray. Let's all come down to the to the city square down here, and and let's all pray. Well, we would never get in agreement. We can't get five hundred people in agreement. Would never happen. But if we, we can get an agreement and we can eat this elephant one bite, one step at a time. And that's how you do it. How do you get your vision to come to pass? You eat it out. You eat it one bite at a time. You walk it out one day at a time. You, may, you walk towards the light and you just keep going and you keep doing and you keep sowing and you keep giving. Amen? In, uh, in Acts 4, verse 29. I'm getting towards the end. And I... And it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. I think sometimes we've missed the last part of that verse because we've said, Lord, grant boldness. Well, what's the boldness for? The boldness is for speaking. You don't get the boldness for anything but for speaking. And the boldness is for speaking because when you speak, then what happens? It says in verse um, 30, it says... Um, 
by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. We need to ask God for boldness and we need to start speaking because that's when we get signs and wonders. Not just healing signs and wonders, but all kinds of signs and wonders. Signs and wonders in finances, signs and wonders in paid for houses. Are you speaking the end result from the beginning? Are you declaring your house is paid for? Amen. Glory to God. In Isaiah 48, 6. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. We were in Isaiah 48, but we weren't in verse 6. It says, You have heard these things foretold. Now you see this fulfillment, and will you not bear witness to it? I show you specified new things from this time forth. Specified new things. Even hidden things kept in reserve. Kept in reserve, which you have not known. There are things that God has kept in reserve for these end times. I'm telling you, I think Tuscaloosa is a wealthy county. And I say and declare this wealth is stored up for the end time harvest. And I command it to come loose in the name of Jesus. And to come into the, to the harvest for the, for the nations and for the world and for this city in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all agree with me? We're speaking it, aren't we? When we pray in the Spirit, I want to tell you this. When we pray in the Spirit, we're actually speaking things. This is really a language. This is not some spiritual mumbo-jumbo. We are speaking things. We're speaking things out. And so we're creating things with our words. And then when we get revelation in English, we should speak them out in English too. Um, the third thing, I mean the second thing after speaking, is that we need to take action. And here's what the Holy Spirit ministered to me this week. And I said all that to say this, is it's our move. Because I was praying about the more in 2004. And I've been speaking the more in 2004, just like you have. And here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, now you've got to act. It's your move. You can't just sit around. And we've kind of spent the first quarter of this year, we've spent it talking about the more, speaking the more, praying the more. But we hadn't really done anything about the more. But now it's time for us to take action, and it's our move. We've got to do something, family, to cause, to, to, to activate this more in 2004. If we're going to get to the end of December and we're going to say we had the more, we've got to do something. We need to do it right now and we need to do something to activate the more. Amen? Amen. Well, it's kind of like, here's what the Lord gave me an example about uh, pressing. You know, I was thinking about the final four and I was thinking about how those... Uh, those basketball players, you know, they don't get in that game and say, I just can't do any more. Man, they, they press and they do things they never thought they could do. They go further than they ever thought they could go. They press and, and go for things and, and take risks. And, 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 I mean, they do crazy. They jump crazy. They sacrifice their bodies if need be. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't say, well, you know, that's all I can do. They don't play it safe. And they do all of this. They don't play it safe, do they? They do all of this for an earthly crown, an earthly reward. Now, how much more shouldn't we be pressing and taking the risk and jumping forth and, and going towards the light and going for the greater glory 
Because we do it for a heavenly crown. We do it for a heavenly reward because we see something, don't we? We see the heavenly vision. 20, Acts 26, 19 talks about the heavenly vision. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 says, uh, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. See, we're not running for an earthly reward. We've got it. We see the heavenly vision. We see the heavenly reward. We see the spiritual side. Amen. And if they will give all of that for a for a natural reward a natural crown how much more should we not press in the spirit for the supernatural things now here's what the holy ghost gave me and pastor i have his approval on this that we're supposed it's time for us to do something we got to do something drastic to get in the more as a corporate body we're going to do something drastic here's what the lord gave me we were having dinner with pastor avery about a month ago and miss uh miss vicky and he was talking about Russia, and he was talking about, uh, and he, he doesn't even know we're doing this. We've not even told him we're going to do it. We didn't even know we was going to do it till this week. And so, and he said that most of the Russian pastors don't even have a car. And he said even the ones that do, they're old, broke down, can't, you know, they stay broke down all the time, you know. And he said, he was talking about his vision, and he said, well, you know, one of these days I want to take money to Russia and buy cars for pastors. But you know what's been coming up in my heart is, if not now, when? Folks, see, this thing's winding down. And what the Lord put in mind in pastor's heart, now we got needs in this church. We got, man, just the general fund. We'd like to pay off lots of debt. I mean, lots of debt, this building, and, you know, some other little debts. Um, we need a projector right now for visitors to be able to sing with us. You know, we need a baptistry. But I, we're just going to, how are we going to do that? Just by faith. We're going to put that on faith. And what we're going to do is we're going to believe God that when he, when Pastor Avery, as a church corporately, when he leaves here July 1st, we're buying a car for a Russian pastor. Now in Russia, we can do this a little easier than in America, because in Russia, a car, a good car, is three thousand dollars. Three to five thousand dollars will buy a bang up car. I mean, not bang up, not banged up, but a bang up good car. You know what I'm saying? Three to five thousand dollars. You know, if we have five thousand, we can buy them. Boy, I'm telling you, they're cruising. If we have three thousand, we can get them good solid transportation. Amen. So we'll just do it either way it comes. Amen. Amen. If it, we may buy three cars. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because we got the more in 2004. And this is what we're going to do as a church. We're going to do it by faith. We're going to launch out. We're going to take this elephant and we're going to bite off a bite. Amen. And so I want to challenge you. Now, we're not taking up an offering tonight, so I'm just going to talk about it. But, and I know everybody's not here. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to give big. I'm going to challenge you to give $500. And you say, well, I couldn't do that one bite at a time. You can't. And, and you've got to do this. You can't leave the, this ministry hanging and, and divert your tithe or divert your offerings. That you normally, If you normally give $20 on Wednesday night, you've got to do this over and beyond that. And if you, can't, if you don't have over and beyond faith to do it, then don't do it at all. Don't leave the ministry hanging. But one bite at a time. 
I mean, $500? I mean, if that's, if that's too, if your faith goes, whoa. But if you'll divide $500 up into pieces, it's not that much. I mean, I think, it, I think we figured up between now and July 1st, it's something like $5 a day or something like that. And you have to ask yourself, do I have $5 a day faith? Well, I have, better, I, I have more $5 a day faith than I do $500 a day faith. Don't you? It's just easier for me to get around $5 a day. I can get my heart around $5 a day a lot better than I can get myself around $500. Amen? But I'm going to believe God. Amen. And because I, I got to get into the more in 2004. I mean, I am believing God. I'm, t- I'm not in the future anymore. I got a paid for house in 2004. And when I get in my reasoning, I go, there is no way on God's green earth. But I'm, be- and I, and, and are you, are you, do you have something just that big? And I don't, I, I mean, I'm, this is not even selfish. I want to free up funds so that we can give. Amen. And besides, I don't want to leave it unpaid for and come back in the rapture and they took it. Amen. I, I really believe, I really believe that if we will obey God, now y'all may not believe this, but I'll pray that you can try and start. I believe if we will obey God, that every obedient Christian can have a paid for house the day of the rapture. And it'll sit there and wait for you till you get back. And be sure and clean up the dishes every night and don't leave anything rotten out on the you know, wash the dishes and put the food away every night. Because you might disappear and you might come back to it. Amen. Might all put the cat out too. Amen. 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 Huh? I'm just joking. I don't know what God's going to do about the dogs and the cats. I'm not going to worry about the dogs and the cats. Y'all can if you want to, but I'm not going to think about it. But anyway... I really believe, I really believe we're coming back. I know I'm coming back to Tuscaloosa County. God gave me scripture and verse in December. I'm coming back right here. Amen. That's where I'm coming. Now you can go, I don't know, you may, you may be going to Aliceville, like Pastor said. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard of worse than that even. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you say, I'm coming back to Gulf Shores. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm going to rule and reign from a high-rise condo. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. No. Amen. But I, and, and you know, hey, there's no pressure. Hey, I don't believe in pledges. Don't pledge anything. Don't write anything. Do, I do, pastor and this pastor, we do not believe in pledges. If you want to commit in your heart, I'm going to set that as a goal. You do it, but don't you tell me anything what you're going to do. I don't care. I don't care if you set a hundred dollar goal. I, but I can tell you, a hundred is not going to stretch your faith. You're not going. That's not a faith act. That's not a faith act. A hundred anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. And amen. Praise God. So let's buy. Let's buy a Russian. Let's sit, give Pastor Avery. He doesn't even know this, but let's give him the cash. He'll have to have cash to take into Russia. Let's give him the cash money, and let him take it and buy a Russian pastor a car. Now, you know, when you start talking missions, you start talking God talk. You start getting God on your side big. I can tell you. You get into a realm where the heart of God is. Amen. How would you like to pastor a church and not have a car? Ooh, that sounds bad, doesn't it? In Russia. In Russia. I, 40 below zero. That's what it was when he went in February. 40 below zero. And they're bumming rides and 
walking. Pastor Avery said he went to a church in Russia, and they, they drove like all day long to get to this church. And they get there, and it's like 40 below zero. And they get there, and there's not one car in the parking lot. Or maybe he said there was one. I don't know. There was one or less in the parking lot. And he went, well, we drove all day, and nobody showed up. And when he went in the building, it was full. Because they walked in 40 below zero. Y'all are such weenies. <laughs> not me. I don't ever say anything about the heat or the cold, do I? Amen. No, amen. Praise God. So that's how we're going to get in the more. That's the divine plan. That's what God gave us. Amen. We're going to get in the more that way. Amen. How? What are we going to do about the, the baptistry? I think people need to be baptized, but we're just going to trust God. What are we going to do about the projector? We're just going to trust God. We're just going to believe God. Amen. We're going to let, we're just going to, we're just going to, I don't know. And so on your envelopes, when God leads you, just write Russia. We'll know what it is. It's all going to go for a car. Or write car. Write car, write Russia. You know, whatever you want to write, just so we know that that's what it's for. And don't, don't get under a weight. Don't get under a burden. Eat the elephant one bite at a time. And don't get under any condemnation. That's how I'll tell you why I don't believe in pledges. I think pledges put people under bondage. And you know what happens when people pledge in a church? And that's why you'll never pledge in this church. When they get, when you pledge and you say you're going to give $1,000, then the devil starts attacking you financially. So you can't. And then when you, if you aren't able to do it, then you're under condemnation. There's a, you feel, even though the pastor not me may not mean feeling a thing, you feel a wall between you and the pastor. And you know what you'll end up doing? You'll end up leaving. I've seen it every time. So you'll never make a pledge in this church. If you do, you did it on your own. Sometimes I have seen people write things on envelopes, but we disregard all pledges. You know, we're just like, whatever. We don't even look at it. Think about it. We don't write it down. We don't keep up with it. So it's in your heart. It's in your, it's in your commitment. It's between you and God. Amen. Amen. And it's just, it, it's, but it is the plan. I will tell you, it is the plan. We've been on it all week. Amen. Let's stand up together. Amen.